The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the program Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network. It's my privilege to be with you this time of day, each and every day, Monday through Friday, with a guest in either in studio, and that's exactly what we have today, sometimes on the phone, but he is here in the flesh with me, Art Alley from the Timothy Plan. Welcome, man. Oh, man, it's always a joy. Well, it's great to have you back. It wasn't terribly long ago that you were here, but I'll take Art Alley anytime I can get him. I, I really appreciate you and your friendship. As we were talking before we began this um, this interview, I, I just really appreciate the role that God has given you. I'm sure it's one that you never saw coming. Oh, man. Uh, but no. um, y- your role in the kingdom of God is so important. It's affecting so many people, not only in Central Florida, but around the world. And so thank you for that. Well, I hope so. I hope so, Mike. And, you know, all we can do is what uh, God directs us to do. And it's not always fun. It's not always fun. No. He's got this two by four with my name on it, and it hurts, man. (laughs) I mean, this is is nothing as me. It's uh, what he's directing. But I think he's given us a course that might make, uh, should make a difference. I believe it is. And yeah. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, we are uh, in a couple of different contexts. One context uh, is the fact that you are intimately involved with a ministry that is basically training pastors and really putting out a call to pastors across the country to be aware of the times and to not lose sight of American history and the role that pastors played in that early history of the this country when uh, revolutionary times and even forward, where pastors were very involved in their community, and you're doing that today. Well, you know, America's in a mess. I think we all would agree with that, every listener. If they don't agree, call me at my office. We'll talk about that. Monday we're, night kind of proved that one, right? Oh, man. We are in a mess. Yeah. Uh, and I believe... Uh, it starts and the responsibility lies at the doorstep of the church. You know, I've heard that from many people. They'll make comments like the church has been asleep at the wheel and that many in the church and sadly, many pastors uh, took maybe the the position of non-involvement mm. uh, and not necessarily speaking out as maybe as vocally or as often as they should. So many people would feel that way, that it's the doors of the church where, you know, I I think of the Bible that says judgment begins at the house of God. Amen. And so it really does kind of uh, call out every believer to be who God wants us to be in this culture. And, and, you know, a bulk of believers want to hear guidance and truth from the pulpit. Uh, but there are some in these congregations that don't want to hear this. And they're usually the ones that write the biggest checks. And the problem, I think, began when I was growing up. You know, I'm getting to be old now. <laughs> I never thought if I knew I was going to get this old, I'd take better care of myself. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, good. when I was growing up, pastors went into the pulpit kicking and screaming. 
They didn't yeah. want to do it. God called them. Yeah. Today, it seems to be, in too many cases, a career path. And contrast those two. If it's a career path, you're going to give much different messages, and you're going to water it down and dilute it down so you don't offend anybody, and you, know, you want a big audience there in your church. You want uh, the tithes and offerings to come in. Uh, where if you're called kicking and screaming, man, you're going to speak for God. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are still pastors out there that are that way. You know, I agree. And I think it's not not our heart at all to be critical or Absolutely to be, uh, you know, uh, unkind in any way to any pastor, regardless of their involvement. But there is this thing that what we say as pastors, and I was a pastor for 36 years, mm. And I, I can tell you that that job is, is not always easy, even if you don't have that kind of motivation of a career-minded, just being careful at every step, not wanting to kind of upset the apple cart, so to speak. Uh, even if you don't have that, uh, you, there's still this issue that you want to do what is right for your congregation in, in the Lord's will. And all of those things can sometimes be tricky and hard to navigate for a lot of pastors, especially if the pastors feel alone. And that's one of the problems, isn't it? Oh, man, it's one of the toughest jobs uh, in existence. Second only, I think, to those in the financial industry like I am. Yeah. You know, that's not a picnic either. Right. But you're right. It's a tough job. They sometimes feel alone. And uh, that's what we're trying to do with these pastors. We call them boot camps, Mike. Uh, pastor boot camps, we are searching for pastors, for la- lack of a better way to explain it, that get it. Uh, they have the right heart. You know, uh, we're not chasing, and generally it's a big mega church guys that are really going to be just smoozing everybody and making everybody nice and comfortable and happy. The guys that, that God has called uh, feel alone, mm-hmm. as you just said. And they feel ill-equipped to deal with this culture biblically. They don't know where to turn. They all have training. They've all been through seminary, or most of them have. But to deal with this culture we're in right now biblically, uh, they have no place really to turn. And in fact, the seminaries today are in, I hate to say this, but going woke. They're training up a whole new generation a of young of them are, pastors yeah. that are that have a whole woke mm-hmm. view of things uh, because the socialist communists have infiltrated the seminaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we find there are pastors, those are the ones we're looking for initially, uh, to join us for what we call a boot camp. And basically it's three days, three nights, in a luxury facility, we want them to bring their spouse because they're partners. I mean, the wife pays uh, a price just like the pastor does mm-hmm. for this. Um, and they get uh, just an intensive, and you've been there, mm-hmm. an intensive uh, uh, three days and three nights of training. Uh, we make it affordable for them. We want them to show up. Uh, Timothy Partners is the major underwriter of these events. And with that, uh, that's not just like from a sponsorship or like we're here. I mean, you're you're putting your money where your mouth would be, or maybe where their mouths would be. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, we want to make it affordable. So right. we have a registration fee of $99 a couple. 
That's three days and three nights and most meals at a luxury uh, facility. And I've been to the one in Orlando, and man, it is all of that and more. Uh, you were with the one in um, Gaylord Palms, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes, you know, I that, was. Yeah. You know, how do you go to Gaylord Palms for three days and three nights for $99 with your spouse? Yeah. Uh, so we make it affordable. But then when they get there, I mean, uh, Paul Blair is the quarterback. And your audience hears him uh, every day, right? Uh, weekday, uh, tremendous Bible teacher. Uh, he is the pastor of pastors. He puts together an all-star lineup of resource people that these pastors from then on can call on mm-hmm. uh, for support. Uh, people like, you know, Bob McEwen, one of the greatest communicators I've ever met. Uh, he is the executive director of the Council uh, of National Policy. Uh, People like Alex Newman, uh, just an expert on what's really going on. Uh, Rick Scarborough, they're at Numa. Matt Staver Mm -hmm. uh, always participates. Uh, What we do is give these pastors a a solid uh, resource and training and it's not just entertaining where they feel good and go back to the pulpit uh, after they're through and go back to business as usual. They are transformed permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, we give a challenge. Any of them that want to sign a scroll committing to be part of the modern-day Black Robe Regiment. Mm-hmm. You know, the pastors led uh, the War for Independence. They equipped their congregations for the war for independence. Otherwise, we'd all be drinking tea and speaking with a British accent Mm -hmm. still uh, under uh, the authority and rule of a king. Um, They were ready. We are not. And our, our goal is to equip the leaders of churches, the pastors, to equip slowly they don't go back and dump it all on them the first day or they'll empty out the church because people aren't ready for what they have learned. But we network them together. We have well over a thousand pastors now that have been through uh, this, this uh, training. We've held, I don't know, I guess four in the state of Florida, including South Florida, Miami, mm-hmm. for Spanish-speaking pastors. And it transformed them. Uh, we've done three, I guess, in Texas, uh, a couple Oklahoma, uh, one in Arkansas. We just completed one two weeks ago in St. Louis. Yes, and we talked about that the last time you yeah. were here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, we didn't quite, our goal is to have about 100 pastors and their wives for that three days and three nights. Uh, and, you know, I think... Uh, what we're doing is planting seeds that will uh, germinate, uh, equip people. Mm-hmm. You know, the average Christian will tell you that they believe we are in the last days. Uh, I don't know how many have told me that. But the problem is we are ill-equipped to deal with being in the last days. And I've got a friend that wrote a book on that, uh, former chaplain for the entire U.S. Army, uh, and it's called Battle Ready. Mm -hmm. When you go into the armed services, you go through boot camp. That's why we call it boot camp. 
you go through training, uh, intensive training, so you're ready for whatever comes at you. Mo- That's right. The most well-trained uh, army in the world. Uh, and the problem is the body of Christ is not battle-ready. We don't take God's word seriously. We don't know how to apply that to every element of our lives. And I love the way Paul Blair uh, really opens these conferences and asks the question, what part of your life is Jesus Christ not Lord over? Mm. And what would the answer to that be? Well, the answer should be should no, be nothing, <laughs> yeah. no part. An honest answer is, you know, well, you yeah, know, right. not, not uh, in my business and not in this and not in, you know, my, uh, but it, if he's your Lord, he's your Lord over every element yeah. of your life, every day of the week, yeah. not just Sunday for an hour. That's right. Somebody uh, once said, if he's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. That's right. That, that's exactly right. Uh, and if he's not your Lord, he's not your savior. I'm sorry. Uh, so we need to get serious. We need to get battle ready. And that's only going to come from the leadership of the church. And that's what our mission is to equip willing pastors. And then we're hoping the other pastors will notice Mm. and want to be part of this because, you know, we have, you can, you can talk about an economic problem in America, which is where I live in the financial industry. You can talk about a political problem, and we certainly have that, but it all traces back to a spiritual problem. We are not equipped uh, as God's people to have the impact and influence on our culture mm-hmm. that we once had when the churches really were yeah. solid and preaching uh, solid messages. You know, we see the verses that Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4 where there it's the purpose for the church is not just to uh, have a meeting where we worship. That's great. We need to worship, but it's for the equipping of the saints. I mean, that's the call on a pastor to equip those members of that local church for works of service, for living their lives. You could say it this way, living their lives in everyday life where they are, while they're representing the Lord as an ambassador. Or a disciple. Or a disciple, right. Which is what we've been commanded to be, a disciple of Christ. So that equipping has got to take place. And what I'm hearing you say is, sadly, a lot of the the leaders of the the churches are not not equipped themselves, and that's something that you're trying to fix. Well, it really is, Mike, and and we're not there to entertain them. I've been to events where pastor, pastor events, Uh, where they'd come and hear great speakers and get entertained, but not transformed. They go back to business as usual and nowhere to turn. Mm -hmm. Here, they are networked together with a thousand, uh, probably by now 1,200 like-minded brothers of all denominations anywhere in America, uh, because we've had people from other states come to these, and then they want us to go to their state and hold a, a simple thing. Uh, but, you know, we can only afford to underwrite so many of these things because that's a big ticket. Uh, but it's the best investment we can make, Mike. Um, so once they're connected with each other, they also are connected to all the resources they've been presented with. They're connected with other that even aren't part of this uh, outstanding luminary uh 
uh, experts in various areas. They can call them, bring them into their church if they want to Mm -hmm. through this Liberty Pastor Network, most exciting thing I've ever been involved in. Well, in our next segment, I want to talk about that and get a little bit of the history between you and Paul Blair. And how you mentioned that Paul was kind of like the quarterback of all of this. And he was, that's an, that's, that's an ironic choice of words because he was in the NFL, not as a quarterback, but he was a pretty big guy when he played in the NFL. <laughs> he was a big guy <laughs> and he p- played offensive line yeah. against some of the biggest, best uh, uh, defensive uh, uh Humongous. Yes. A storied uh, career, really. He has he was in there for a long time and took a lot of hits. And he is a true warrior, but he's also a gentleman. He is he a is. wonderful man. Uh I'm I'm just proud to know him and, and to call him a friend and to to see this guy do what God has called him to do and to have this whole other life. I mean, there's a lot of people would wonder, what does a guy do when they're a professional athlete? What can they do after that? Well, he's found a wonderful thing to do after that, and that's what he's doing. So I'd like to hear the the history of the two of you before uh, all, of, all of this began. Well, how did you meet and all of that? So we'll do that with Art in a moment. But one thing I've got to say before we take this first break, you know, hearing you talk about this uh, boot camp, it reminds me of when I would be literally en route to the studio or having being here in the studio and listening to a man that was our mutual friend, Dan Celia, oh, talk man. about yeah. this very thing because he was also at those boot camps. Yes, often. he was. And but he just the way that he would share his enthusiasm and really trying to reach out and appeal to pastors. That's what really what we want to do. So uh, any of the pastors that are listening to us today, uh, be uh, very much aware that other boot camp opportunities will be coming up. We'll talk more about those in a moment. Consider it. You ought to pray about being a part yourself. I think you would enjoy it. My guest in the studio is Art Alley from the Timothy Plan, the Timothy Partners. We'll be back with Art in just a moment. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com my guest today is Art Alley. Art's been up here a number of times and really was uh, one of the first uh, people that when we made the move, I I uh, came over to your your own offices and we had a little mock studio set up right in your office, right yeah. by your desk. That's right. And, we did. And that was the beginning of a, of a friendship. And I'm so grateful for Art and uh, I've got to see him in a variety of things, sometimes some unhappy things. We were talking about our good friend that passed away, Dan Celia, 
And uh, your talk at that funeral was so inspiring. And I, I just appreciated the way that I think you pastored everybody in a real cool way. You you knew him and you really invested in that uh, that ministry of financial issues. And now it's going on with Shannabert and uh, and uh, Seth. And they're doing a great job. But boy, do we miss Dan Silly. Oh, huh? man, do we ever. Yeah. Uh, he was unique. And I used to refer to him as the financial version of Rush Limbaugh. That's right. He, he was so gifted and a rock-solid Christian yeah. and brought that together. Really do miss him. Thank you for continuing to mention Dan. Yeah. Oh, I love Dan. And he, like Rush Limbaugh, uh, he was ahead of the game even with half of his brain tied behind his back. <laughs> I mean, he really had the the goods when it came yeah, to finances. Yeah. And uh, my goodness, I've I've done several conferences where he and I would be just right down media row from each other. That's and, right. Uh, he'd be on my show and I'd be talking to him. Oh, it was just great time. Great time. Uh, and he moved to Central Florida not long before he passed away, uh, about a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we just didn't get to have him long enough. Well, it took a little while, but, you know, he, he was uh, a native of Philadelphia. And that, that added to his accent, which, mm-hmm. which was special. But, you know, it took a while to convince him that you got to get out of that communist-run area and move down here to the free state of Florida. It's <laughs> great. And, you know, Yvonne, I think, helped a little bit with yeah. jabbing him. Uh, it was a hard move. They got the studio set up here, at, and uh, unfortunately, shortly thereafter, um, yeah, he went home. He went home, and we all miss him. But again, grateful for the fact that financial issues is still going forward, and uh, we just pray for them regularly. Uh, going back to your relationship with... Uh, your good friend, Paul, uh, Paul Blair was a, as we mentioned in segment one, was a pro football player. And I really do believe that he, like the other people that we've talked about, uh, was not ready like you weren't ready for all the things that God had called him to do. I'm sure early on, he never would have dreamed that he would be carrying such a role as a pastor, much less as a pastor who pastors pastors. Right. And that's what he does. That's exactly right. But yeah. he also pastors a church. He does. He did not want this. He was one of the kicking and screaming that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But boy, I'll tell you, he, what a thriving church in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, it, it's just incredible. Uh, and they're drawing people from all over the state. Uh, people will drive two hours just to mm. go to his church. And this audience can just sit and turn the radio on and listen to him. I mean, you know, the powerful messages and the insight he has is incredible. Now, that's not a real large area, Edmond, Oklahoma. I flew into there on my very first ever flight. Really? Yeah, when I was a young guy, I was, uh, oh my goodness, I might have been even 19, 20. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what year that would have been, somewhere around in that, that time frame. Uh, might might have been 21, but I had never flown commercially, and I was in a band, and our band was on tour, but I couldn't make the first couple of dates because of my, I was, at that point, I was at a country radio station, and I could not uh, miss because of some events that we had. So I missed the first date or two, and then I flew out to meet them and join up with the tour from then 
and I flew into Edmond, Oklahoma from Dallas. So my first ever flight was (laughs) from Indiana, Evansville, Indiana, to Dallas at their brand new Beautiful DW, yeah, my goodness, that that uh, and the uh, pilot on our plane was talking. This is my first flight. I'm all excited. I'm nervous. I'm I'm a little butterfly all the way over the place, man. And and he comes on. He's talking about how many terminals this uh, DFW has, and you know, I thought that was really great. And I was in a big L1011 or that kind of a plane, and I got into to connect to go to Edmond. I got into a flying Winnebago. <laughs> That's what I called it. It was it if it, it couldn't have been any more graphically different than what I flew out to Dallas in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting my second now leg of this uh takeoff is in a a little bitty prop plane that I don't know how many we probably had 40 passengers mm-hmm. on that thing. It did. It looked like a it looked like a Winnebago with wings. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't like those at all, Mike, because when they come on and make the announcement that would some of you shift to the other side of the plane for <laughs> let me yeah, off let, of this thing. I'm with you. Well, and we went through a storm and uh, there were a couple of uh, military young recruits. I think they were on their way to boot camp or sure. whatever. That also was their f- first flight. I heard them telling the flight attendant all about it. And I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to follow the advice of my pastor. Uh, he said, just when, just act like you've done it a number of times. There you go. And so I was trying to do that. But these guys behind me, they were screaming like little girls, man. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was definitely a wild ride uh, flying over that little expanse from Dallas to Edmonds. But yeah, that's the, that's where Short Paul was from. That's, that's his hometown. He's a hometown hero. Uh, played, he was a football star at Oklahoma State. Oh, man. Uh, got recruited Cowboy. by. Cowboy. By the Chicago Bears. Um, played with refrigerator. Oh, he played when they were good. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. they were champions. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mike Ditka was a coach, and uh, but he's paying the price now. I mean, you don't do that without, I think he's had two knee replacements, a shoulder, an elbow. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he was good. But he's been a pastor for the past 21 years now. Well, how did you meet him? Uh, that's an amazing story. I hope we have time. Yeah, it we was, do. Jump in uh, on it. You you know Rick Scarborough, I've, Rick. Yes, I've met I've met him once. No, nah, well, you get to, need to get to know him. Uh, Rick is a evangelistic pastor in Texas, and I believe he is singularly responsible for Texas becoming a red state, mm. a conservative state, and he did it through the pastors throughout the state. Um, he had. Um, I was on his board for Vision America, and he had an annual conference in Houston, invited me and Bonnie, and uh, I said, no, man, I'm going to, well, when Rick wants you to come, you go. So we went, he says, I'm going to put you at the head table. I said, no, you're not, I'm not, you know, that ain't going to happen. Well, his head table was perpendicular to what you would picture as a head table, and it was about uh, five feet wide and people on both sides. And there were about 40 people at that head table. Wow. And uh, at the time, I was really getting burdened that we need to get pastors engaged. And this is over 10 years ago now. And I heard about 
this uh, church in Edmond, Oklahoma, um, with a real activist guy that for 20 years has been meeting every Wednesday with his friend about trying to uh, change a political landscape by getting people with values uh, elected. Uh, and so I finally tracked him down. He says, you don't need me. I, I was just looking for direction. He says, you don't need me. You need to talk to my pastor, Paul Blair. And I said, man, how do I reach him? And I was unsuccessful because he's everywhere, tracking him down mm. at Rick's annual conference. I'm sitting kind of at the end of the uh, end ta- uh, uh, head table. That Bonnie, big head table, yeah. Bonnie, Bonnie and I at the end of it. And I look across, and it's five feet, you know, further than you and I are right now. And I see these two guys, and I said, geez, I got to go meet them. And I walked around. I says, hi, I'm Art Alley. I'm from Orlando, Timothy Plan. And he's, one of them says, hi, I'm Paul Blair. Oh, God just put like him that. right across the <laughs> table from me. And he was with Dan Fisher, who does the yeah. Black Robe Regiment. Yeah, his, uh, uh, his co-pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that started a long-term friendship. Um, he is, he is special, he is unique and he is gifted, Mm -hmm. uh, with just common sense out of scripture. There is nothing he does, uh, that isn't scripture based. And, uh, boy, he's, he's just been, become a special friend. Now, you know him much, much better than I, what would he say would be the driving factor? Why this thing about not only preaching the gospel, but, preaching the gospel in a way that we we've are involved and are caring in a real practical way for the community as Paul does what would be the genesis of that in him what would he say is the real motivation behind all of that well uh he makes he makes a good case about how we've been deceived today in this culture uh we've been deceived to the point where the four main elements of our culture have all been overridden to the fourth one, which is central government. Um, uh, he, he makes a point uh, right in the beginning that there are four elements of government. You have self-government, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't mess with me. I'll, I'll make my own decisions and I'll pay the price if they're bad decisions. I got to make a decision. What kind of pizza I want, what kind of uh, Coke, I want to drink. And if, you know, if it's bad for me, that's why, but it's on me, not the government to tell me what to do. I have to govern myself. The second is family government. Parents are responsible for raising their children, equipping their children, uh, pouring into their children, not some outside force taking over indoctrinating your children like we have in America today, unfortunately. And, and, and that uh, very thing is, is the topic of an interview that I'll be having even later today yeah. because, you know, we're responsible as families under God, not under the government. That's right. Our, our responsibility was not charged to us by Uncle Sam. No, 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 that's exactly right. And Uncle Sam is not going to do the job you want him to do. But the third form of government is church government. And church is responsible for the community, for take, for charity, for taking care of the needy, the truly needy, not the lazy guys, you know. Uh, and, and all of that has shrunk in importance 
to the fourth element of government, and that's central government. Mm -hmm. And bottom line, central government has an insatiable appetite for control over everything. And if you sort it down to, to the bottom line purpose of central government, is so they can become God, and they have to eliminate the first three forms of government mm-hmm. in order to have that total control. And government is not God. God is God. Uh, but government, for it to have total control, has to have you look to it for everything. And they've done a good job of making a lot of people do just that. The, oh, a tremendous job, unfortunately. I mean, a horrible job, but it's been a, a, a good job. Um, where, you know, initially in this country, uh, they recognized the risk of a large central government, our founders did, and and they protected us against that uh, by our Constitution. And, you know, people look at the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights don't give you any rights. You have those rights. The Bill of Rights was designed to keep government from infringing upon your rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have gotten careless on defending that. You know, we, we talk about the founding fathers. That's a one-time event. We can't have founding fathers again. What we need today, Mike, is defending fathers, and people need to start stepping up, or we are going to wave goodbye to the civil and religious liberties that we have all enjoyed for the last couple of hundred years. And, you know, I think a lot of people today that are younger people especially don't really realize what is happening when they say, yeah, it's, it's, there's a socialist or you know, they, don't, they don't really understand the metaphor uh, that, that, that they're talking about. They, they see this like we're all for each other and they don't understand the real truth, the real negative, the real scary side of Marxism. They don't see it. That's exactly right. They've been indoctrinated of how good this socialism is, how everybody's going to do fine uh, without looking around to any nation that has ever gone socialistic yeah. and seeing the horrible results. Cuba, the, Venezuela. Any of, them, any of them. Yeah. Any of them. Russia, China. I mean, those people have no rights and they look to the government for their rights. And the government, the only way a, a socialistic system can survive is from taking from those that are productive and giving to those that are not productive to make everybody e- equal. And it won't take all that long for the productive people to say, well, why am I working so hard when this same guy gets uh, all this for nothing that I, fruits of my labor, and pretty soon everybody's on the same a level where nobody has anything because nobody's producing anything. The government has no money, only what they take from us. Mm-hmm. And they have an insatiable appetite. And we just saw, uh, you know, a legislation floating around and coming in to pass yep. for higher taxes and more IRS agents oh, by yeah. the thousands. Yeah. Why do you think they need those? Yeah. They're going to shake us down. They're going to shake down those who disagree with them. Mm -hmm. You cannot have a populace that disagrees with you if you are an all-powerful central government. Well, these are times where we need to rise up and do what God's calling us to do. And I know that's why you guys do these boot camps. 
You're doing everything you can do to help uh, equip pastors to do the work that they are called to do. And I appreciate that. My guest today is Art Alley. We'll be back with Art one more segment. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. So enjoy when Art Alley drops by the studio as he has done today and spent this hour with us. Art, you know, I am so grateful for you. We've talked about it a lot. Your involvement in Orlando, obviously the headquarters for the Timothy Plan. And you guys with the Timothy Plan, you're all over the world. I mean, you've got investments everywhere, right? Well, that's right. We have uh, grown to where we have 12 different mutual funds. one of them's international, that's all over the world where we participate there. And the other one is Israel. That's my favorite one, actually, mm. where we will only invest in companies domiciled in Israel. And when we launched that, I don't know, about 10 years ago, uh, Israel was not getting a whole lot of love from America with the Obama administration and you know all of that. Still not getting a lot of love. So I just wanted to launch that one to show support for Israel. And they really appreciated it. When we went over there, we got to meet with the leadership and all. Um, But the Israel fund is good. But the rest of them are mainly domestic. Uh, We have kind of a, uh, we call it the Defensive Strategies Fund that uh, invests in things where the wheels really come off. You're going to be better off there. Uh, we have six exchange-traded funds now uh, with different asset uh, 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 missions, uh, and that is the key to good, successful investing. You have to diversify mm-hmm. and be in all, because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know uh, which asset class is going to be the outperformer now, and it changes continually. So. Uh, asset allocation is key and staying the course is key, Mike. You know, I think about uh, what you do and so much, you know, there are so many questions about investments and there are investments in companies that are well-known. A lot of those well-known investments, though, are also involved in things that would not necessarily have a biblical basis or maybe they're associated with other aspects of life that would not be congruent with that of a Christian. So one of the things that your organization has done, it's really tried to be biblically responsible in your uh, format of investing that you have. Well, we are, Mike, and and people will ask me, well, you only invest in good companies. Uh, The answer is no, no. 
We are a biblically responsible mutual fund family, and the Bible is clear. There's none righteous, not one. Jesus Christ was the righteous one. Uh, but what we're able to do in our research, which we do right here in Orlando, I've got a team of five full-time people that research all these corporations, is draw a line between those that are passively unrighteous and those pursuing an unholy agenda. And you're absolutely right. There are uh, uh, major corporations today trying to tear down America uh, that are trying to tear down our whole moral value system. Uh, and, and the latest headlines now are these corporations that are, now that the abortion is no longer under Roe Wade National, uh, willing to spend $4,000 to send a young lady with an unwanted pregnancy to a state that that does perform abortions, which are the blue states. Uh, you know, it, uh, that's dark, Mike. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I, we started Timothy 28 years, 28 and a half years ago, uh, my friends on Wall Street said, you're nuts. And Bonnie still says that from time to time. But, <laughs> but that's a different story. I said, that's a whole different. <laughs> but I said, what do you mean I'm nuts? They said, you cannot create an investment platform that screens out the largest, most profitable companies in the industry and expect to get good investment returns. My response in 28 years, Mike, hasn't changed. What I told them then, I'm tell, I'll tell anybody now who wants a call. If, that's a big word, mm -hmm. if you are a Bible-believing Christian, obedience trumps performance every single time. And that's what Timothy Bland brings to the table. You can take the money God's entrusted to you, diversify it, invest it. Every one of our funds are managed by top-tier, best-of-class money management firms who know what they're doing. Uh, we don't manage it in-house. We have sub-advisors all over the country for the different funds. Uh, so the investments are in good hands, but you can be comfortable. We are not going to own any of these companies that are trying to destroy our entire culture mm -hmm. and why they've doing that, you know, and Dan used to say, and I loved uh, this example, he'd get into it with Caterpillar, you know, he loved Caterpillar stock, but he says, I'm not going to own Caterpillar stock. Look what you're doing. And it's unbiblical stuff. And he says, why don't you guys just make your, your equipment? Why are you getting into this left-leaning social, uh, stuff? He says, you know, I'm not asking you uh, to go get baptized down in the river. Just stay out of this. Mm -hmm. Build your equipment. You build great equipment. But you're trying to destroy us with this other stuff. So we don't own companies like that or Disney, my goodness, in our backyard. Uh, we have screened out Disney since we launched. This is nothing new with them. They're just more and more publicity is yeah, coming. I think, I think a lot of it is just now much more overt. Absolutely. They are fearless on, on admitting what they're, what they're up to. But, you know, in the investment world, I get a lot of calls. You know, what should we do? What's going on? What's with this economy? And basically, I'm encouraged, and I'm not saying that lightly. Uh, we are seeing for the first time in my 45-year career, during downturns in the market, which I'm sure you've noticed we mm -hmm. have had. Oh, yeah. Uh, last week, it's bounced a little bit back. But downturns in the market, people panic and sell 
for fear of losing all their money. Well, you're not going to lose all your money. You own a real company that's really in business, that's really producing stuff. Uh, but short-term fluctuations have always fed into the fear people mm -hmm. have. Yeah. I remember Black Monday years ago in oh, the early 90s. There. You bet. And there was a guy that actually committed suicide down in Miami because he lost so much on that day. Yeah. And sadly, had that guy just waited a couple of months, it would everything all come came back. back. It would all come back. Uh, but then when it comes back, then the greed kicks in. So you, you jump in at the top. You cannot outguess the market. I don't mm. care how many uh, advertisements you hear from these financial advisors. You know, we're going to get you out when before it drops and we'll get you back in before it goes up. They can't outguess the market consistently. But the good news is for the first time in my career at Timothy, we have seen during this horrendous downturn more new money come in to Timothy then leaves Timothy. People still, for some reason, think they can redeem, uh, but, and they do. Uh, but more you know, new assets come in, so people are finally getting it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, This is a great time to buy. And if you're worried about your retirement plan, your 401k, and you're looking at that statement, you know, be encouraged because you continually invest from your paycheck every week or, or two weeks or month, however you're paid. And you're investing at a time when things are really low. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to retire tomorrow and pull it all out. So you're really benefiting from this downturn because you're getting more for your money. And hopefully when you finally do retire, things will be up and you'll be able to really uh, uh, magnify your earnings. So, don't be discouraged. Uh, this too will pass. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned to you in the break that there was a, um, a saying, it's actually a poem. It's part of a poem from Ella Wheeler Wilcox. I've used this poem in my life a number of times. I've actually quoted it at funerals, including in May at my own mother's funeral. Mm. I mean, it, it, this means a lot. Uh, but listen to this and you'll see why uh, I, I like it so much. It says, but to every mind there openeth a way and way and a way. A high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes the low. And in between on the misty flats, the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there openeth a highway and a low. And every mind decideth this way his soul shall go. Now here's the, here's the part that I love. One ship sails east and another west by the selfsame winds that blow. Tis the set of the sails and not mm. the gales that tells the way we go. Yeah. I like oh, that. I think powerful. that's, that's you a bet. great a poem that has a great word for investing. It's really... It's not chance. It's really not just luck or whatever that people do. It's not like brains that tells you exactly what to do. It's how you have your sail in this metaphor, how you have that sail set, because it uses the same wind or the lack there of the wind. Great example, man. That's exactly right. And in fact, uh, there's there are people that for some reason equate investing 
with gambling. And I have a whole section in in a, a biblical stewardship study series that I actually wrote. Well, the Holy Spirit wrote, because I hate <laughs> to do this stuff, uh, that deals with that issue. Gambling is wrong. I mean, you're, you're just taking a chance. Investing is not gambling. Mm-hmm. It is investing in the best, most profitable corporations. Uh, and uh, even though the markets may uh, uh, go down for a period, if the company is solid, if it's making good earnings, you are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's why we hire the best money management firms to manage our various portfolios because they look at them all. Mike, if you were going to invest, how many companies could you look at and analyze and what tools do you have that oh, tell you yeah, whether yeah. they're good or right or you know, other than your neighbor over the back fence? These firms look at all the companies through a whole computer program, filter down which are the best, you know, the lowest debt ratios and the best profitability and uh, all of that and come up with a portfolio of somewhere between 75 and 150 different companies in each of our funds. And sometimes they're wrong, but one company out of 150 is not going to kill you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's not all your eggs in that one basket. And usually they're right. And so professional management is key. It really is. And I'm just so grateful for what you do, for how you do it. Uh, everything from the boot camps that we talked about earlier, because that really has nothing to do with per se with uh, investments. And yet it is an investment. Like you said earlier, it's a great investment, not in stocks or bonds or whatever, but into people and into the kingdom of God. And that's what you're a part of through that. Well, Mike, it really has everything to do with what we do, because if America goes down, it isn't going to matter what you do. Yeah. Uh, So we're trying to bring it back from the brink and it can only happen spiritually with a good understanding of the key to the spiritual foundation. That's God's word. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're equipping these pastors with. Not that they don't have it, but they don't have it in a way that's relevant to the culture we're in uh, because the Bible is a very political book. Mm. Uh, And this thing about, you know, separate church and state and stay out of politics. Well, if the, uh, Adrian Rogers once said, you know, if God wanted his people to stay out of politics, he wouldn't have written about it. Um, <laughs> and, well said. You know, and if you stay out, then you turn it over to people who do not have a, a, right. a biblical foundation. And the result is what we have today. That's right. Art Alley, give us your web address. Uh, TimothyPlan.com. It's very simple. Even I can navigate it. Or... Call 1-800-TIM-PLAN. We have a human being answer the phone who will connect you with another human being. You don't (laughs) go through this computer matrix that we're all uh, hate, uh, and and our people are there to serve. Uh, I appreciate you so much. We're out of time. Art Alley, always a pleasure to have you up here, my friend. Ah, It's been a pleasure for me. Thank you, Mike. You got it. And we'll see you next time, friends, right here on The Shepherd on Afternoons with Mike. (laughs) 